When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in everyone. This is a new episode of Catfish on Ice with your host Chad Minton on this really crazy day down here in Florida. Recording a little bit early today because I'm not sure if I'm going to have power or internet later this evening as I'm sure you've seen in the news and heard about it. Hurricane Adalia is riding up the Florida West Coast and the Gulf of Mexico right now. I'm in the Tampa Bay area, as many of you know. And so I'm going to try to get this episode out as quick as possible here early in the day before the weather takes a downturn, downward spiral. First of all, anyone who's in the Florida area and in the path of what's going to be a pretty nasty storm, especially with storm surge, um, please take all the precautions necessary to keep your, yourself safe and uh, you can't mess around with storm surge. That's the number one way that people unfortunately lose their lives in these storms. So please take it serious. Get to a safe spot. Glad to have you with us if you are watching on our YouTube channel. And if you end up downloading the podcast the following day, we also appreciate you as well. And we hope you're safe from these storms if you're in the path of Hurricane Adalia. But yes, so. Want to get this episode out as quick as possible for you early in the day. This is episode 196 of Catfish on Ice, brought to you by Raycon Wireless Earbuds and Speakers with our promo code THPN for 15% off your order. And of course, DraftKings also with a promo code THPN. We have a new offer from DraftKings that I will tell you about later in this episode. Also, hoping to do a live portion of the episode if my internet and electricity cooperates later in the evening. I'm hoping my awesome co-host Rich Howe can join me for more of the live portion of this episode. But either way, we wanted to get at least this portion of the episode out to you on our YouTube channel. And we really appreciate you subscribing to the channel as well. If you haven't done that already and you want to hit subscribe uh, on our YouTube channel, please do that. It helps a ton. All right. So this is what I'm getting into today. First of all, we got to start projecting and building what the starting lineup for the National Predators is going to look like on opening night against the Tampa Bay Lightning to open the 23-24 season. This is a major, major question, series of different questions involved in how the lineup's going to be built because it is a very much a brand new looking team. If you span back just six months ago at the end of February, this before the trade deadline, this team looked so vastly different than what it looks like now, obviously, through free agency and the trade deadline. And you have a new head coach in Andrew Burnett. You have a new GM in Barry Trotz. You have some youngsters down that have already proved themselves with the Milwaukee Admirals and got playing time towards the end of last season. So how are they going to factor into all these training camp battles? So I'm going to give you my preferred starting lineup both forwards and defensive pairings, my preferred. 
not necessarily a prediction, but what I would love to happen if everything goes smoothly and these certain players that I choose look really good and earn it in training camp, that would be my preferred starting lineup. I'm going to go through some of the different factors and question marks surrounding that lineup. I've got it in front of me right here, so I will go through that with you all and would love to hear your comments in the YouTube section below on your thoughts about my lineup when I put that out there, both the Fords and the defensemen. I don't think we need to talk too much about goaltending because it's obviously, once again, going to be the duo of UC Soros and Kevin Lankin, and so we don't really have to get into that too much. But after that, on this portion of this YouTube uh, channel portion, as we try to get ahead of Hurricane Adalia, also going to discuss a little bit about the uh, preseason coming up and some of the players that are going to be sticking out to me, that's going to tie into building my lineup. And then hopefully we can do a live portion, as I said, later tonight, if the weather cooperates and Rich Howe will join me to fill out episode 196. So let's get into it right now with building the Preds starting lineup for opening night at Tampa, which is on October 10th. So we're about... Six weeks away, give or take. I think I saw 45 days is the official amount of days we are away from the season opener. It still feels so far away. I know it does, but we are less than a month away from the preseason opener, that doubleheader against the Florida Panthers. I'm going to be pretty excited about watching preseason this year. I can't remember a time where I'm actually going to be – well, I'm, I'm going to be happy because Pratt's hockey's back, but I mean – to watch preseason games, my excitement level is going to be way higher than it normally is just because there is so much new and freshness to this team and this organization, obviously. And so it's going to make watching it all the more better. So let me go ahead and share on the screen for you my biggest, my biggest uh, questions for training camp. And so there you have, or for this Predator starting lineup to build it. And there's what I have for you there. And of course, my first major question is that top line. I mean, obviously, anytime you got a new roster and you got a new team, you're looking at the top line. And most importantly, how are the Predators going to fill out the top line? Because we feel pretty confident that Philip Forsberg is going to be your left wing and Ryan O'Reilly is going to be your top line center. Otherwise, why did you even go out and get Ryan O'Reilly in free agency to begin with? So that feels pretty safe, like 99, maybe 95% certain that those two are going to be on your top line. Where do you fill it out from there? I think it gets a little bit more tricky. I can tell you who I want it to be, and I've already made that very clear uh, in past episodes recently, but – I think the majority of the Predators fan base would love for it to be Luke Evangelista, obviously, who is going to be entering his official rookie season in the NHL. Saw a recent um, post from our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. They put out the top 10 Calder Trophy odds candidates from DraftKings, our sponsor, and Luke Evangelista came in at number 10 on the odds. It was cool to even it was just cool to see him on the list honestly. Obviously he's a long shot because it's a stacked rookie class led by Connor Bedard, but it was still really cool to see him on there. So, 
you got to think that as long as he can have a strong training camp and doesn't give any glaring red flags to the coaching staff that he might not be ready for that top line role, then you got to think the coaching staff is going to go with the hot hand and is going to go with the youngster and see how he performs. But obviously, major spotlight's going to be on Luke Evangelista in those preseason games just to see if he can kind of take over those games. Can he, at the very least, can he replicate what he was already showing us when he got called up last year? Ended up playing in 24 games, I believe, uh, down the stretch when he got caught up, when the Predators were having to lean on so many young players. Basically, an AHL squad was out there, and somehow they still fell three points shy at the Winnipeg Jets. So, yeah, we're looking for Luke Evangelista. What if it's not, though? What if for some reason the coaching staff decides, you know what, Luke Evangelista might not be ready for top-line minutes just yet? If that happens, well, then we we the first player people are going to think about, and I'm not crazy about this, but it might just be a situation where the coaching staff wants to go with experience over youth just to make sure they're ready, especially coming right out of the gate. They might go with Gustav Nyquist, another free agency acquisition along with Ryan O'Reilly. So you would have two of your three top-line forwards you just acquired in the offseason of free agency. I don't necessarily see that happening, but I don't take it out of the realm of possibility if for some reason the coaching staff sees some things that Luke Evangelista needs to work on before they put him on that top line. That's not my preferred scenario, just leaving it out there that it could happen. Another possibility, if it's not Evangelista, if it's not Nyquist, what happens if Phil Tomasino just completely impresses and dazzles in the preseason and in training camp and – the coaching staff's like, okay, we're going to go with Philip Tomasino because he's already got two seasons un- under his belt in the NHL, and this is his coming out party here. This is where he really makes a statement. He's a little bit further along in his development than Luke Evangelista is, and we want to give Tomasino the shot. That's certainly possible as well, although I think it's a little bit of a long shot, but it's certainly possible. But my preferred right winger on the top line with Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg is Luke Evangelista. We got to keep an eye on that though. My next big question surrounding the Predators starting lineup is sorting out the defensive pairings and most notably, where will Dante Fabro fit? Um, he was a, he was on my trade block all last season. I thought for sure he would be one of the ones that got traded way more so than I could have ever dreamt of Tanner Janot or Matias Ekholm getting traded. I thought Dante Fabro would have been gone before those two for sure. Didn't happen. He stuck around. He's on a one-year deal. I just don't know. And it's because of the Luke Shin edition, another free agency edition that I didn't really that no one really saw coming. Just really complicates things. So now we got to sort out the defensive pairings here. And I'm about to let you know how I how I set those up, but I think Dante Fabro is obviously the biggest question mark out of, out of all of the defensemen and how you're going to fill out the starting lineup on defense for the Predators. My final biggest question surrounding the Predators starting lineup going into the preseason is who are the roster bubble players and who will be a preseason standout. So when it comes to that roster bubble players are pretty, uh, pretty obvious when you think about it, Kiefer Sherwood, Cole Smith, Michael McCarron. Um, I think you could throw Jeremy Lazan on defense in there as a roster bubble player as far as starting, not like 
he'll make the team, but is he going to start or is he going to be a healthy scratch more so than not? Um, you've got Den- Dennis Garyanov was added late in free agency. He's going to, he's going to have a microscope on him in, in training camp. The stock is really, really down on Garyanov. You talk to Dallas stars fans and they'll just tell you he never, ever lived up to what he was supposed to do. He never lived up to the talent he has. He did have a four-goal game in a playoff game one time for the Stars, but it's it's one of those things where he has all the talent in the world. He's never really been able to put it together, so the Predators took a flyer on him. So Garyanov, let's see. He is definitely a roster bubble player, but he's one that I think was worth taking the flyer on. I said that. I joked around about it in the previous episode that I think it could end up being a huge bargain of a deal Predators made, but the stock's really down on Garyanov, so he's got a lot to prove. He's definitely a bubble player. And then, I mean, let's talk about Igor Afanasyev, of course. I think he has the biggest, the most to gain possibly in in preseason is Igor Afanasyev. And he could end up being a preseason standout that catapults him into getting a starting spot. I'm about to expand on that more when I give you my preferred starting lineup for the Predators. Not my prediction, but my preferred lineup. So those are my three biggest questions right there um, for the for the Predators starting lineup. Now let's get to the nitty-gritty here. Let's get into building my starting lineup, and then I'm sure I'll get plenty of pushback and plenty of uh, um, critics on it, but that's why we do these things, and that's why they're so much fun. All right, so top line, I already pretty much covered it. You know where I'm going with this. My preferred top line is Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Evangelista. I love giving Evangelista that that opportunity, that juicy opportunity to play with two veterans who can bring out the most in him. Could be a great situation for Evangelista to play with a a tested veteran like Ryan O'Reilly. And we see where it goes from there. I think the sky could be the limit, and it could actually – keep Evangelista in that Calder trophy race, at least for a little bit. I know he's never realistically going to take over Connor Bedard or some of the other big time rookies that are going to be out there this season, but I think it could bring out the best in Evangelista even more so than what we saw down the stretch of uh, his first 24 games in the NHL. All right. Second line gets a little bit more complicated. But here, here it goes. My second line center has to be Cody Glass. I think I'm in the uh, the majority of people's thoughts there. Cody Glass, you know, he he has top line center uh, experience now, which was great for him. And now he's looking to carry that over even more. It's I wouldn't look at it as a demotion by any means that he's going to be playing second line center. It just means that the Predators wanted to go out and get Ryan O'Reilly. So now. Cody Glass is going to move down to the second line center role, and he's still going to have every opportunity to shine in that moment and really be a huge X factor for this team. So you stick Cody Glass on the second line center role for me. Yusuf Parson is my left wing on the second line, and I think Cody Glass and Yusuf Parson can do a lot of really awesome things together this season. Parson, that big body that can – that can screen the goaltender, can get the loose pucks, can throw his body around, but still has that shot, still has that playmaking ability, can still do those amazing things like he did when he scored on uh, on a breakaway and do the things that he can do. So I, much like I like giving Evangelista that juicy opportunity on the top line, 
I think you saw Parsons earned his shot at being on the second line to open the season as a left wing to Cody Glass at center. And then that means your right wing, if I'm putting Evangelist on the top line, then it comes down to Nyquist or Tomasino for the right wing position on the second line. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen, and I'll tell you what I would prefer to happen. What I think is going to happen is they're going to go with Gustav Nyquist. They're going to go with the safer pick, the veteran, someone who can have some stability because you are going to have two younger players and Cody Glass and Yusuf Parson on the second line if it goes the way I think it might go. So you might want that veteran to stabilize and have some experience in those moments on the second line, at least to start the season. But my preferred right wing on the second line would, of course, would it it would be Philip Tomasino. I hope he does everything he can to earn it in training camp and in those preseason games to give the coaching staff really no no choice but to say, Tomasino earned it. We got to put him up there. That means you have a pretty young and inexperienced second line, though, and there there is risk-reward with that, and you got to take that into account. So, um that's where I'm at with it. I would prefer to see it be Tomasino, but I feel like they might go the safer route and go with Nyquist. We'll have to wait and see there, but that's a big question. That's a That, that might be the biggest question mark of all out of the top two lines is who's going to be on the right wing of the second line with Cody Glass and Parson, and that's going to be interesting to see how that um, unfolds in training camp and in the preseason games and what type of uh, – line combinations they roll out on those top two lines in the games that they have in the preseason. Let's go to the third line. Third line's a little bit easier for me to come up with, but again, it comes down to Nyquist or Tomasino, the the one who doesn't get that second line role. Well, they're going to be on the third line. So I think more than likely it might be Tomasino to start the season. He could really flourish there. I mean, third line minutes are nothing to scoff at. I think he could flourish there. He could be the offensive depth scoring player that they need. And you put him with Tommy Novak on the third line as a center. You've got a pretty, pretty good third line there that can give you some offensive pop if you put Novak with Tomasino. I actually really like that. Uh, even though I would prefer Tomasino on the second line, I don't think it's a, a a big slap in the face if you move Tomasino down and you take the safer bet with Nyquist. And so you get, you put Tomasino and Novak together on the third line, and then you go with Yakov Trenin on the left wing for the third line. I feel pretty good about that. I really like the possibility of that third line of Trenin, Novak, and Tomasino. That leaves your fourth line with none other than Colton Sissons. He's going to be your fourth line center. You got to have Sissons in there to do all the dirty work, to be the veteran leader that's going to win faceoffs for you. He's going to throw his body out there to block shots and do all the things that that don't really get don't really get praised in the box score like they should. So I like Sissons to retain that fourth line role and give us that stability that you need on a fourth line, and then. His two wingers are very much up in the air and very much to be settled in training camp and in the preseason action. Who plays the best? Who impresses the coaching staff? That has to be settled. And when I look at it, I think a big training camp battle could be between Garyanov and Kiefer Sherwood for the right wing spot to start the season on the fourth line with Colton Sissons at center. That's a camp battle. Who outperforms who? I think they could both eventually get starts throughout the season, but who starts initially 
to open the season in Tampa on the fourth line. I think it comes down to me and as a camp battle to watch Dennis Garyanov, the newcomer, or Kiefer Sherwood, who really did do some great things and really surprised a lot of people in the way he played and the energy he brought to the team. He was relatively unknown going into last season. Remember the global series against the San Jose Sharks? He scores the first goal of the season for the Predators, and I think he ends up scoring the last goal of the season for the Predators, if I'm not mistaken. Wild there. Wild coincidence. But, yes, I think Kiefer Sherwood is is going to battle directly with uh, Dennis Garyanov to see who starts. That's going to be interesting to see. And then, of course, on the left-wing side, also very much up for grabs. You've got a lot of players you could throw in there, including Cole Smith. You could throw in Michael McCarron, although I think he's pretty far out there. I don't see Michael McCarron starting um, in Nashville. I could see him being in Milwaukee to open the season. But you can't completely gloss over him. Cole Smith, I could see being a healthy scratch or somehow maybe he's more of a jet product of the John Hines system. So I don't see Cole, Cole Smith necessarily starting either. I think Igor Afanasyev, it's his to win in training camp, but he's obviously got to show it and he's got to have a really strong camp and he's got to do some special things in preseason to earn it. It's not going to be handed to him, but Igor Afanasyev, don't forget about him getting a left wing start on the fourth line to open the season because I do think this is his season where he needs to show he graduates from being just an AHL player and gets off the roster bubble a bit and gets into the starting lineup. So I've got Igor Afanasyev as my preferred fourth-line winger with Colton Sissons. And if I really got to say who do I prefer over Garyanov or Sherwood, no offense to Sherwood, but I would like Dennis Garyanov to work out here. I would like him to finally – tap into his potential that he's never lived up to really certainly didn't do it in Dallas. Otherwise he'd still be there. Probably. I want to see him untap some of that potential and end up being a really good bargain find for the predators. So suddenly the fourth line can give you some offensive pop as well. So there, that's what my, that's what my starting lineup looks like on the Fords preferred. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but that's what I prefer there. So I will share that on the screen here in just a second. But until I get to that, I want to also go switch over, shift over to the defensive side of things and give you my defensive pairings. Let's see here. Let's get to it. First of all, everybody, thank you for joining me on YouTube. Really appreciate that. Yeah, the storm is crazy down here. I got all my hurricane prepping done. I am in the Tampa area. It looks like it, we're going to get very, very fortunate here, and it's going to avoid a direct hit, which is um, very, very thankful for that. But it has to hit somewhere, and I am extremely, extremely uh, worried about the great people who live in what they call the Big Bend of Florida, which is it, it, it's a lot of uh, trees and rural area of Florida. I'm really hoping – those people took the warnings and got out of there um, and did all of that. All right. So let's see. Let me, before I share that, let's, let's get to the defense real quick. And then I'll put up my forward lines for the screen for everyone to see as I try to pull that up here. Um, defensive pairings, a little bit more 
a little bit more easy to, to sort through than the forwards, I would say. But let's start with the top pairing. And I don't think it, the top pairing is set in stone necessarily. Um, it comes down to, of course, Roman Yossi, your captain, is going to once again look to maybe replicate somewhat, be a 70-plus point scorer, I think would be the uh, a really fair expectation for Roman Yossi this upcoming season. So let's see if that can happen. And then who gets to start on the right side from the captain? That's something I think we all have to think about. Really do. So I actually preferred, would like to have Alexander Carrier get the opportunity to play with Roman Yossi to open the season. Um, the Predators really need a long-term future to work out with Alexander Carrier. Uh, he, we know he's got the potential. We know he's done some special things when he finally did get his NHL call up and he finally did get to get get to stick around and he was a full-timer, full-time NHLer on the Predators roster. That was awesome to see. And he's done some special things. Last season was just, just didn't go his way for a lot of reasons, mainly because he just couldn't stay healthy. And so now he's got a clean slate here and I want to see him play with Yossi again and see how he responds to that. That would be a really preferred thing for me to see happen. All right, before I do that, let me get let me get my four. I got the graphic pulled up. Let me show you officially my forward lines and what I would like to see on opening night. There you go. Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Evangelista is my top line. Yuso Parson and Cody Glass, Philip Tomasino is my second line. Third line is Yakov Trenin, Tommy Novak at center, and Gustav Nyquist. And for my fourth line, Igor Afanasiev, Colton Sissons, and Dennis Garyanov. That means Sherwood would be a healthy scratch for me. That means Cole Smith would be a healthy scratch for me. And Fabra or uh, McCarron's out of there. And yeah, kind of interesting, but that's kind of what I see. That's what I prefer. Doesn't mean I'm predicting it, but we will see. All right, let's get back to my defense now and what I want to see there. Yeah, I want to see Alexander Carrier get a shot. I want to get Al see Alexander Carrier get a shot on the right defensive side with the captain, Roman Yossi. My second pairing, I don't think there should be a lot of argument among any Preds fans on the second pairing. Um, I, I think it's pretty set, and you feel really confident about this second pairing, and that would be your two veterans, Ryan McDonough on the left and Tyson Berry on the right. You feel good about that. That's a solid, that's a really respectable second defensive pairing. Obviously, you need some you need some injury luck this year. Ryan McDonough had some injury problems as well. Roman Yossi missed, missed a huge chunk of the season. Tyson Berry was still getting comfortable with his new team as a trade deadline acquisition. So there's a lot of promise here with the Preds defensive corps. A lot of promise. And I love that second pairing, that veteran leadership. Tyson Berry can hopefully give you some offense and some power play help this year. And, uh, of course, Ryan McDonough is the steady uh, veteran that's going to be a leader on the ice, a leader off the ice as well. And he is going to be a big stabilizing force there on the second pairing. So I really feel good about that. That's your third pairing. A lot more drama. And that's obviously, like I already said, with Dante Fabro. I don't know. I mean, this would be easy to decide on if Luke Shin wasn't signed. But he was. And I can't see a scenario where you don't start Luke Shin, obviously. So 
if Luke Shen is your right defenseman, more than likely, your left side comes down to either Jeremy Lazan or Dante Fabro. And I'm not trying to be overly critical or unfair about my thoughts on Fabro because I do think he's a very solid defensive defenseman, but I've just never been impressed with his trajectory. I feel like his ceiling is really low and his days are just numbered in Nashville. I don't see him making it to next offseason on this team. So with that said, not that I'm so uber crazy about Jeremy Lazan. He has his own issues as well, but I feel better about Jeremy Lazan being the rugged third pairing defenseman who can at least impose a physical force and a physical presence on that third pairing and lay out the hits. Obviously you need him to have cooler heads sometime and, and avoid that penalty box, but you take what you're going to take when you, when you have Jeremy Lazan out there, but yeah, Jeremy Lazan and Luke Shen as my third pairing defenseman, not crazy about it. Honestly, I don't even see, I really, I'm going to have to see it to really believe it on making sense of the Luke Shen signing. I still, I'm still not crazy about it. And until I see results on the ice, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time changing my mind on that, but we have him and he's here and he's going to start. So that, that pushes out Dante Fabro at least out of the gate. And then Fabro will get his chances to start here and there. I don't think he's just going to be benched the whole year. Obviously they're going to swap out Lazan and, and Fabro. I would, I would ex- expect, but there might be maintenance days where Luke Shen doesn't play. And then you start both Fabro and Lazan together. But Either way, I think Fabro's the odd man out right now, and he's got to work his way back in the lineup. He's another player that I think has to have a really, really, really strong preseason showing and give the coaches reasons to, to, to see something in his game where maybe they do say, okay, we can put Fabro in over Lazan because Fabro can maybe provide more offense than Lazan. We'll see. Maybe maybe uh, Fabro shows his hockey IQ as being a little bit better than Lazan, and maybe the coaches lean towards that, but he's got to have a really good – uh, impressive preseason and training camp showing. But as of now, for me, it's Lazan and, and Luke Shin on your third pairing. That would mean that Fabro would be a scratch along with Cole Smith and Kiefer Sherwood. I will also say keep an eye on Spencer Statsny, who got his first taste of NHL action and looked really good, I thought. I, I really do. I don't think people have talked about it enough that I thought Spencer Statsny did really well in his first taste of the NHL. So keep an eye on him. I could see him getting called up at some point. He's one of the first players I have circled that's going to get a call up at some point next season, whether it's through injuries or whether it's through poor play from a combination of, of Luke Shen or Dante Fabro or Jeremy Lazan. Then you, you call up Spencer Statsny and see what he can do. See if he can provide you a spark. So don't overlook Spencer Statsny and all that. So that is my starting forwards and my starting defensive pairings against Tampa to open the 23-24 season, which is about six weeks away. Let me know in the comment section on YouTube what you think about my starting lineup. Did I leave someone out? Am I crazy for leaving out a certain player? Do you think I'm overhyping a certain player? Would you just tinker with my line combinations a little bit? Would love to hear your thoughts on it on our YouTube channel through the section comment section. And while you're at it, please hit subscribe again. That's really helpful. Let's tell you about DraftKings right now here on episode 196. 
getting this episode in before Hurricane Adalia sweeps by in the Gulf of Mexico. All right, we know college football had actually already started. They had week zero this past weekend, but the big-time college football kickoff starts this week into Saturday. So DraftKings has an awesome offer for you to get ready for college football. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the Start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. That is a really great line, but I'm a Vanderbilt fan. So ah, just a couple years, I don't know about that. But either way, pretty cool. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. That is definitely true. So life's more fun when you're in the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See DraftKings.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resource, gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So take advantage of a new DraftKings offer for all of you college football fans out there as we finally have college football back. Awesome. Can't wait. He, I, you know, I prefer college football over NFL, but I will say I'm kind of a little freaked out by this whole conference realignment thing that's going on in college football where it's basically just becoming another version of the NFL and you're losing all these historic rivalries and it's all about money. And I do love the fact that amateur athletes are getting paid for their likeness. I, I've always been a proponent of that. You should get paid for this for the talent and the, and the skills that you possess. No, no one should be able to get rich off someone else's name unless that it's the person's name that, and that the person is doing that type of thing. But I will say that this conference realignment thing is really weird. That, uh, and I hope it doesn't mess with, with the, um, the purity of college football, because that's what I've liked always more than the uh, NFL. So let's get ready for some college football. All right. Let's move along here in episode 196 of Catfish on Ice. we got a couple more things I want to get into here on the YouTube channel, and then hopefully we can get you a live portion later tonight if Hurricane Adalia cooperates and I don't lose my internet or my power, and we can get my co-host Rich Howe in for a live portion of this episode. All right, so I wanted to talk about some players who have the most to gain in the preseason, and I've already given you my – Starting lineup, Igor Afanasyev, I already threw out there, and let me expand on that a little bit more. 
Igor Afanasyev, it's time for him to graduate from the AHL. I truly believe that. This is his season. He got a taste of it last year. I thought he looked good. I know he only scored one goal in his, his 17 games, I believe, that he played. But he got a lot of shots. He was aggressive. He had over 50 shots on goal, I believe, somewhere around there. Um, so I think that he can definitely take a new step up in his second season in, in the NHL, but he's going to have to earn that obviously in the preseason. And if there's, if, if he has a down preseason or if he does some things that don't work out in training camp, coaches might feel uh, like they have to start him with the admirals once again. And then he'll have to just once again, work his way back to getting called up, which would I think would eventually happen regardless, but I would love to see him just really take this preseason stage by storm score a couple goals, really be the primary aggressor in those preseason games and really take a step forward and show the coaches that it's time for him to be a regular NHL starter. That would be great news for this team. It'd be great news for Andrew Burnett as he's trying to get more offense into this team that finished near the bottom in goals per game this past year. Uh, Got to see a big improvement in that. If Igor Afanasiev decides to just break out this year, you want to talk about an added bonus that can really push this Predators team, but not only back into the playoffs, but maybe even a third-place finish in the division. But you need um, an outlier. You need a couple breakout players that come out of nowhere. Igor Afanasiev is absolutely that top player for me. And then shifting on the other side, Denis Garyanov. As I mentioned, would love to see him figure some things out and really uh, take it in stride that he's got new scenery, take it take it as a chip-on-his-shoulder approach that he's not done. He's on a one-year deal, and it's very much a one-year prove-it type of deal where he's kind of playing for his NHL life a little bit here. And he, needs to, he really needs it to work out in Nashville, a team that's given him a chance. So... We will see how Dennis Garyana fits into the lineup, but he's another one that's that's big on my preseason, most approved for, for uh, the players that I look at. Looking further into the roster, uh, of course, I mentioned Luke Evangelista, although I think he is deadlocked to be a starter. Can he earn that top-line role? Another one is Yakov Trenin. Haven't really mentioned him much in this episode yet, other than saying that I do want him on the third line to start. But he's also entering tricky territory here, especially with his uh, contract situation. He will be a free agent in the offseason, and it's another one of those situations where you look at all the uh, talent that's coming up and you look at where this team is heading. You wonder if Yakov Trenin is going to be one of those players that if he's not traded – he might just be allowed to test free agency next offseason and the Predators just let him go because he's gonna want a, he's gonna want a raise next offseason. He he's he and he's very much deserves one. But are the Predators going to be able to retain him with so many free agents coming up in the 2024 offseason? I, I just did an article for Predlines looking way ahead at free agency next offseason, and the Predators have Let's see, make sure I get that. Um, eight. I think they have eight. One, two, three. Yeah, they have eight free agents among their Fords in 2024. Six of those eight will be unrestricted free agents, including Yakov Trenin, who is currently 
got a $1.7 million cap hit. You would think that he's going to want to get paid a little bit more than that in the offseason. Are the Predators going to be able to hold on to Yakov Trenin for that same amount for more money and while also trying to figure out some of these other unrestricted free agents that they actually probably want to keep a little bit more like Thomas Novak, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, Kiefer Sherwood, you know, he's on a minimum deal right now, but the Predators might see a big situation where they they want to keep Kiefer Sherwood over Yakov Trenin. I mean, that would be be pretty surprising, but we got to see how everything plays out. And then you've got your two RFAs that are going to be major priorities in the offseason. If they don't already, they might get re-signed before we even get that far. But of course, Yusuf Parson and Phil Tomasino are going to be restricted free agents. So you're definitely going to pay them and give them a little bit of a raise and probably give them a multi-year deal if, if you see fit. And so yeah, maybe you just don't aren't able to keep Yakov training past this season. So he is he's one that's kind of on my spotlight. Maybe not so much in preseason action, but definitely as the season gets going in the first few games of the season, we need Yakov training to he's gonna have to really prove to the organization that he's worth keeping past the 2024 offseason. Defensively, of course, already talked about it, Dante Fabro. He needs to um, have a strong preseason. He needs to earn himself a starting spot over Jeremy Lazan. I think that's a camp battle, training camp battle to watch, is Jer- who outperforms who between Jeremy Lazan and Dante Fabro. And then also the other training camp battle that I brought up was Dennis Garyanov and Kiefer Sherwood. So really excited about getting to the preseason. It's not that far away, less than a month now. September 25th, mark your calendars. The Predators will play a doubleheader against the Florida Panthers and saw something super, super cool. Uh, Portions of the general admission ticket prices will go to helping youth hockey grow in South Florida. So very, very cool stuff that the Florida Panthers are doing there to grow the game of hockey for all the youngsters down in South Florida. You know, it gives them a good sense of uh, learning a new sport. If they haven't ever played hockey or ever had hockey around them, it's great for the community. So I'm going to definitely, if I can find time, I'm going to try to go down there and catch some preseason action because that's about a two hour drive for me. And I would love to uh, not only help a great cause, but see the predators play some preseason action. That would be fun. So we will see how that goes, but keep that in mind. If you want a little floor, South Florida vacation next month, and you want to see some road hockey for the predators in the preseason, come on down here and you're helping a great cause if nothing else. So yes, that's what I got for you for the YouTube edition. Hopefully we can round it out with a live portion. If not, We will see you on the other side. Thanks for hanging out with me. We're also going to tell you about Raycon promo code THPN here in just a little bit. But until then, everyone stay safe, especially if you're down here in Florida or even if you're in Georgia or in South Carolina. This hurricane is going to be heading across land tomorrow, and we want everyone to be safe and take all the precautions that they need to take. It's been a pleasure. This has been episode 196 of Catfish on Ice on our YouTube channel. Brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon with our promo codes THPN. Part of the Hockey Podcast Network. You can also catch us on Spotify, Apple, and all the other podcast platforms. Thank you for joining me. Take care. All 
right, welcome back. It's episode 196 of Catfish on Ice. We are up and we're live, Rich. I'm not out of power. Not yet. Hopefully not. Mother Nature has spared the Tampa Bay area, at least for now, with uh, Hurricane Adalia. What a name to come up with for a hurricane. That's a weird name. It's a pretty name. I think it's a pretty name. But uh, the storm is not so pretty, but usually hurricanes aren't. But uh, yeah, no, I've been prepping for this hurricane for basically the past four or five days. So I am uh, definitely been indoctrinated as a Floridian officially. There you go. Yep. You went they, from they, Nashville tornado alley to Florida hurricane alley. It's crazy. The, uh, the official joke around here is that you're not a Floridian unless you go through a hurricane. Until, that makes sense. There's a lot of things so, in Florida, man. Heat, alligators, hurricanes. Crazy, crazy Florida man. You got to watch crazy, out for Florida man. Crazy Florida man. Which is absolutely um, a real thing. That's a real thing. Florida man is multiplying. Like they're everywhere. Just, yeah. just generalized term. Florida absolutely. man. Florida Put it in man. the headline. But happy to have you here, Ridge. Happy we yep. can get this live portion of the episode up. We yes. want to get it promote it too much because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to make it happen but here we are we are uh, we're a day late we were going to do it yesterday and uh, just blame me actually don't blame me blame spectrum which is the internet service i get down here and they just decided oh a hurricane's approaching in 24 hours we're gonna shut off the internet yeah Yeah, weird that makes but um we're here we're here. Already got the intro of episode 196 on the YouTube channel. If you listen to our podcast every day on the audio version and you don't, you're not on YouTube yet, mm-hmm. uh, go on check YouTube. out the YouTube channel. We got it in the episode description below if you're listening right now. And you can subscribe to the channel. And we put out new content before the, ep- the full episode drops all the time. We're going to be doing that during the se- upcoming season. And so... Make sure you do that. Rich, how are you doing up in Kentucky, man? Hopefully no hurricanes. There's never a hurricane. That's one good thing. Don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, other than it being, you know, 1,000 degrees here last week, um, Mm. other than that, it cooled off. Yeah, it cooled off uh, Friday night. It was like, felt like 115, and then it dropped like 20 degrees because of the, the rain that came in, so... There you go. This daggone weather, man. It's weather. Weather, it's weather, weather. I do find hurricanes very fascinating. I've been nerding oh, out yeah, since I've sure. lived here just to learn the science behind it and found some good accounts to, down here to follow that really mm-hmm. devote their lives to following hurricanes. And they save a lot of lives, actually, by doing oh, yeah, what they do. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's been definitely a learning experience living here for the past year, uh, learning about hurricanes and taking them seriously, obviously. But I'm, I'm very happy to be here to do this episode yes. with you all. Love all of you. Sure. Um, so in the intro, Rich, it's already up on YouTube. I really, I did my own Predators starting lineup, preferred for me. Didn't even didn't call it a prediction, but just what I prefer. And I'm going to share that a little bit later with you. Yep. But the first thing we're going to do now that uh, Rich is in the episode with us live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube right YouTube. now. Yep. We are going to dissect the first 10 games for the Predators because guess what? It's all about how do you break out of the gate 
And I think we're, I want to ask you this first. I want to get your thoughts on it, but I want to ask you, uh, do you kind of feel the same way as me? I feel like this team's probably going to stub their toe a little bit out of the gate and they're going to have to recover a little bit. What about you? I, I do feel that way looking at the schedule. Um, it's rough already. I mean, it starts off rough. I mean, you know, Tampa Bay, Boston, Edmonton, New York, Toronto, huge names, huge teams. Um, they're going to have to be on their A game really quick, I think. Or, or like you said, they're going to be starting the season off from behind. Absolutely. Yep, for sure. Yeah, the starting at Tampa Bay is very, very, very difficult. That is a tough way to start the season. And I know we perceive Tampa Bay as being down this year, but that is a tough one. Finally, it loaded. So, um, yeah, so there's the first 10 games of the season right there for you to see. And, uh, yeah, let's look at October 10th, the game I I am going to be at because I obviously it's in my neck of the woods now. And uh, at Tampa, that's really going to test you because – you're on the road. I know that fan base in Amali Arena. They are rabid. They're crazy. They are. They love their team. They're a little bit spoiled, I would say, because yeah. they went to three straight cup finals and won two of them. Yep, that's true. And going up against Andre Vasilevsky, the big uh, – what, What's the joke man? we make about – Yeah, the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy man. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, yeah. Something really scares me about that opening game for the Predators standpoint. I feel like Vasilevsky is just going to be a blob that doesn't let anything get in. As he always is for the most part. He had Definitely. a down year last year though. He didn't look he did. like the he didn't look like the undisputed best goaltender in the world last year. No. That might no, be he, a little bit of a hot take for me. But definitely uh some teams figured him out. I know they were talking on a couple of the broadcasts I watched that like he was struggling. I can't, I think it was like, if they go uh top shelf glove side, he has a hard time with that, but he's still, I mean, NHL just ranked him like number one and top 10 goalies. Oh, we can share right that now. later too. Yeah. We can yeah, get your sure. thought. Yeah. I saw that NHL. That's basically what they do during the off season is they, yeah. they, they pump out all these lists and, yeah. and, get, and get our thoughts on it or whatever mm-hmm. uh, gets people talking. But um, all right, let's break down this list a little, this first 10 games a little bit more. So after Tampa, you come home, you open the season against the Seattle Kraken, which is no that walk in the park either. Rich. No, that didn't, that didn't pan out last year either. Uh, when they Seattle's first game or was it, that wasn't their first game. That was not last year. It was the year before, right? Yes. yes year, year before. before. Yeah. Well, they beat them. They beat them at, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. They beat him at home. <laughs> Predators uh, lost to Seattle's very first NHL game ever. But, uh, yep. yeah, Seattle is definitely no slouch for sure. Um, so that would have been the year before last. When yeah, they were year an before expansion last, team. last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah these um, years fly by, man. Because I didn't even that long, like that long ago. Uh, but, yeah, no slouch there. Seattle, they're deep. They're, uh, they don't necessarily have a – elite superstar anywhere on the lineup, but they're, they're deep. Their, their forward lines are deep. They, uh, they, they play the game the right way. They, they play fundamentally sound. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. 
And then, and then you go to Boston, which I feel like I know a lot of people are saying Boston's not going to be the President's Trophy team this year. They're going to have some struggles. But that's another really, really difficult road game. No road game's easy in the NHL unless you play at the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils, <laughs> the mullet. otherwise known as the Mullet Arena, or maybe when you play at San Jose. Maybe when you play at San Jose, which is more like a library than a road yeah. hockey game. But um, sorry if you're a San Jose fan. But yeah. um, for the most part, no road game is easy in the NHL. But man, your first two road games of the season are at Tampa, at Boston. Yeah, that's tough. That's a, that is a little tough. Um, yeah, Boston. Uh, you know, they lost some guys that that, that uh, contributed to that. President's Trophy run last year, but um, you, you still can't count them out. They have David Pasternak. They have Linus Allmark, Brad Marchand. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. They won't be like last year, though. I don't think so. But that is a tough mm. place to play. So that's your first three games there. I mean, it, when I'm looking at it from my perspective, just being a very objective fan and also you know co- covering the team as well, um, I kind of hope they just take one of those three. Right. I know that's being a little, uh, being a little bit glass half empty, but. Well, out of, out yeah. of those three, Seattle is probably the one if there's, if there's going to be any that they could take, but, um, tough. All three of them are tough. Then they play at Edmonton, or they welcome Edmonton at home. So that's tough. And then you play the New York Rangers. So your first five is really like a gauntlet in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then you have to figure it out from there. So what worries you about this whole scenario is that somehow the Predators stumble out of the gate and they they have a hard time working in this new new, uh, roster – uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna get your thoughts more, Rich, on my starting lineup that I think is gonna be around. And it's gonna be a lot of line mates getting to know yeah. each other again. Mm-hmm. So you have to really think. Okay, you're playing against some established teams here, especially the Oilers, the Rangers, the Bruins. Even though they've gone through some changes, definitely the Kraken. These are established teams. They have their identities already. They know who they are. The Predators don't know who they are yet. They know who they want to be, but they yeah. don't know who they are yet. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, like you said, if they can get <laughs> two out of those five would be just good. Um, but this this training camp and preseason are going to be huge. Um, they're so going yeah, to have to draw really quick. For sure. And we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that here coming up too to round out episode 96. We're going to talk about some preseason – Spot uh, players who really have the most to gain and prove in the preseason. Cause I think it's one of the most exciting preseasons we're going to be able to watch in a while. And yeah, then we're, so we're going to touch on that for sure. But um, yeah, so you go to, so after you get through that first five, yeah, you get a little bit of a break. You never really have a break. Not really a break. <laughs> then you get San o- you get a three game homestand. You get San Jose, Vancouver and Toronto <laughs> really hope. If you if you go into that San Jose game 0 and five, God forbid, I don't think they'll be that. I don't think yeah, it'll be that yeah. bad. But if they do, oh, how patient are these fans going to be? All these fans who never had patience with John Hines, 
They never had patience with David, which I wouldn't expect you to have patience with David Poyle. He was the only general manager in this ever in this team's history. But definitely there were some fan. There was a segment of the fan base that never had patience with John Hines. Yeah. For better or worse. uh, So are you going to be patient if this team goes one and four through those first five games we just looked at? I'm going to be patient. I don't know. But the fan base probably will not be patient. Um, they have very uh, long memories and uh, short fuses when it comes to the Predators. So, um, we'll just have to see. Uh, one and four, man, that would be brutal. Uh, I don't even like to think about that. But it is early in the season. It takes some time for guys to gel. So, what are you going to do? They welcome – they welcome Toronto on October 28th to Bridgestone Arena. Then they have two re- early season rematches against Vancouver and Seattle, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so we'll weird. see we'll see pretty early on how this coaching staff with led by Andrew Burnett, we'll see pretty early on how quickly this coaching staff makes adjustments mm-hmm. on the fly. Yeah. Toronto so what to you, get to see I'm going to uh, put you on the spot right now, Rich. All right. What what do you what do you think would be considered a win for the Predators in their first ten games win loss record? You can include uh, you can include overtime losses. What would you look at it and be like? That's a success that they came out of the first ten with this record. I want to say five and five, but uh, I think four and six wouldn't be too bad. I mean, it's not optimal, but um, you know, it's a new team. You got to give them a little bit of space and a chance. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say four, four and two. I know I'm being a little oh, bit more the detailed there. Yeah. yeah, if you can get ten points in your first ten games through that schedule, mm-hmm. pull offs like maybe gut out some overtime losses against teams that maybe are better than you, but you eke out a point at least. Um, I could see that. I would love to see that against a team like the Rangers, maybe, or maybe you can eke out a point against Toronto. Um, but just figure out a way to get a point. Yeah, at least, at least. Point, I know we sure. don't ever like to lose, but get a point, and then obviously take care of business against some teams you should probably beat. San Jose being one of them, obviously. But yeah, I mean that's a tough yeah. first ten games, and it's going to test this is. team early on. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. No back-to-backs, so it'll be really intriguing to see when Kevin Lankinen gets a start in those first 10 since there's no back-to-backs. Probably never. Uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe Andrew Burnett has a different philosophy on that's that. That's true, yeah. I'm thinking about – We don't know. We don't, that's true. Like, we, don't, we don't know how Andrew Burnett's going to look at it in terms of just yep. throwing Sor- – we don't want to throw Soros – 10 of 10 starts mm-hmm. right off the bat necessarily. We would love to see uh, some trust shown in Lincoln possibly. I mean, you did resign him. You did go through the trouble of bringing him back for another season. So hopefully you'd feel comfortable enough to use him. I would say maybe twice in those first 10 games, you would want to start him. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. <laughs> Mike, I was going to say real quick, Mike, Mike Twitter is in here. We haven't talked to him in a while. He says, I guess I'll be patient. He says, six of 10. Six of 10 wins? That's what he said. 
That's that's really optimistic. I would then, take that and run with it if that yeah, happened. And then uh, without our San Jose wins, what would our start to last season be? That's true. Ooh, that's a good point. That we don't true. get to. We do not get to start this season playing San Jose twice. No. So no, man, that was instead. Instead, <clears throat> we get Tampa and Seattle. We get Tampa and Seattle instead instead of San Jose twice. Last season was a that's tough. Crazy start to the season. That's for sure. Our friend Liz is here as well. Hello, Liz. Ten points, first ten games is good. I'm more concerned about the quality of the losses, though. Don't want to see them fall apart and lose against a team they should have no trouble beating. Absolutely. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I-, I would love. I feel the same way. Ten points in the first ten would be really, really good. I, I know that sounds mediocre, and we should strive for it to be the best and all that stuff. But you just don't know. You don't know. New team, brand new day. We'll see how it goes. It's a long season. It's just 10 of the first 82, but we're always focused on how this team opens. And so, all right, guys, before we move on in this episode, we want to throw love to our, we already threw love to DraftKings on the YouTube channel, but of course we have a new college football offer for DraftKings right now. So we want you to go check on that. We're going to uh, tell you about Raycon again. Raycon wireless earbuds and also speakers. Great for hanging out during the summertime, hanging out by the pool when there's not a hurricane happening, mind you. <laughs> but yeah, great time to have fun in, with Raycon wireless speakers, earbuds, all of their great products right now. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind, whether I want to listen to my favorite artist or my favorite song of the summer. I'm I'm an old soul. I still listen to classic and grunge rock of the 90s like it just came out yesterday. That's okay. That's good stuff. So just give me just give me some Stone Temple Pilots or some Pearl Jam or some uh, uh any of those great bands that oh, came up yeah. and changed music. I can listen to it like it just came out yesterday. Raycons are perfect for that as well. You don't have to listen to the song that just came out yesterday you don't have to be a swifty you know what a swifty is right rich oh, of course yeah you don't have to be a swifty to enjoy your wireless earbuds i don't think you have to worry on. about that that's what i'm getting at no swifty so with that you can listen to it on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit i love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my raycon wireless earbuds there's so much going on all summer sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. I do that sometimes. Hmm. My biggest thing with my Raycon earbuds is the gym playlist for sure. I got to get a good, if I'm going to get out there and get motivated and move my body around and force my body to do some exercise, I need a good playlist. Yeah. And that's where the Raycons come in for me, but they can come in with you for different reasons. Uh, whether it's a playlist to get you excited for an upcoming party or concert, whatever it is, Raycons are there for you. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise, isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit they start at half the price of the premium audio brands but they sound just as good you won't see a difference at all and for half the price and raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee so you really can't lose 
Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Catfish on Ice podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. Save 15% buyraycon.com slash THPN. There you have it. Well, you listen to Raycon. You listen to some Slayer. Uh, That's a little too heavy for me. No, I listen to some stuff that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do listen to some um, electronic and industrialized type music, some beats, some some stuff that doesn't even have lyrics, just anything that kind of. Ramstein. Oh, Ramstein's a classic. Yeah. That's a good good gym playlist. If if you're including Ramstein into your gym playlist, you'll be just fine. Yeah. For sure. Pumped up. Let's move on here. Episode 196. Rich, I got to ask you about my lineup. My, my, oh, yeah. Predicted Fred starting lineup. Once I can get it uh, loaded here, I'll put it on the screen to remind people on the live stream. It's already on YouTube right now. If you haven't watched it yet, you need to go listen. But until then, Rich, let me share my top line first. And I think you already know where I'm going with this. Figure this one out, but go ahead. But I think there's still. A lot to be determined in preseason and also, of course, in training camp when it comes to figuring out if, indeed, this player is going to get top top line duty, and that is Luke Evangelista, of course. Yeah, I like it. My preferred top line is Luke Evangelista, but let's say – I'm going to ask you hypothetically, Rich, because we have to figure this out. Let's say – that Luke Evangelista, for whatever reason, does not give the coaching staff enough to feel confident in putting that type of pressure on him right off the bat. Who would who who would be your other top line winger to play with Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly, who we feel pretty confident are going to be on the top? Ooh, man, who do you put up there? That's a dilemma. That's a dilemma. That is a big dilemma. Looking at it, first off, you're probably going to have to make one of these centers play a wing um because there's so many of them um man yeah you're right that is a that is a uh that's a hard choice because um yeah i don't know because so i want... threw in two players yeah, i threw in yeah, two players I, I i got nothing I threw in two players that can be your backup plan if for some reason you just don't feel comfortable putting Luke Evangelista in that role right out of the gate at least. And one player in particular is not going to be popular, and I hope it doesn't happen, but all else fails that the coaching staff might go with experience on their whole entire top line, and they might go with Gustav Nyquist. Okay. Yeah. They, they might just literally decide, you know what, we're just going to stick with the top line and feel feel good with it about that. What do you think? It could happen. It could happen. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a possibility. Um, man. <laughs> I think yeah, the that- only way that happens, though, is if for like Luke Evangelista just has a really shaky – performance Mm -hmm. which that just like scares the coaching staff and they're like you know what we need to pump the brakes here 
We yeah. don't want to ruin his confidence. We don't. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it it could happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just watching him play last season, he seemed like a pretty confident dude, and he was going up against you know some some big names, and and he performed well. Um, so it would have to be something catastrophic uh, for that to happen. But um, out of out of everybody, he he's one of the most exciting players that I'm I'm really excited to watch this year and see how he progresses for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> so we hope that it's Luke Evangelista. It could be Gustav Nyquist. It could also be Philip Tomasino. That's what. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. He's so done that before. It, He's been up yes. there before. So. If we want to tie in, because we also are going to say preseason players that have the most to gain, let's go ahead and, and throw Philip Tomasino's name in the ring here. He absolutely has a lot to gain in this preseason. I think he could actually earn top-line duties if, if, if he has a really dominant preseason. And here's one thing that Evangelista has going mm-hmm. over both – at least what he has going over Levangelista, Tomasino does have a considerable amount of more experience. He's going into his third yes. NHL season. Evangelista is not even really – he's basically going into his first real season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A absolutely. lot of pressure on that kid. I know he has all the talent, but that's a lot of pressure. So let me put up <laughs> – we're going to put it up there for everyone to see. I like There's that my line. complete – uh, Rich, I need your thoughts on this now, now that I finally got it loaded here. I this like- is my preferred – this isn't what I'm predicting. This is my preferred starting forward lines to go on October 10th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll be in Tampa at Amali Arena rocking my Preds jersey. I'll try not to get beat up by anybody. Um, we just talked about the first line. You see Evangelista stand there for me. Second line. How do you fit? What are your thoughts on it, Rich? I love it. I, I love it. Um, I'm hoping that Tomasino, like we talked about, could have a good enough year to uh, warrant being on that second line. But, um, you know, Yuso Parson is going to want to come out guns blazing because he didn't get to play in the majority of the end of the season. Cody Glass looked awesome. Um it, the 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 uh, X factor is Tomasino for sure. Um, he's going to have to have a really good uh, preseason in camp. I want to give a shout out to Lindsay real quick. Thank you so much for the good vibes, Lindsay. Uh, all safe here in the Tampa Bay area. The Hurricane Adalia is is shifting east or west, I should say, a little bit out in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm not a meteorologist. I don't even sound like one, but it is out there. A little far, so we definitely dodged a bullet. But keep everyone in the upper northern part of Florida towards Tallahassee area in your thoughts and, and send them all the prayers and good vibes and everything you can to those people because they're going to get hit hard. And if we do have listeners out there, um, we're thinking about you and we hope that you've gotten to safety and uh, that maybe you can break up the uh, – the, the tough times the last couple of days and have some fun talking some hockey with us. Yeah. But uh, you're definitely in our thoughts here, but definitely safe where I am very blessed and very um, fortunate to, yep, to be on this sure. podcast tonight and doing things with you guys like this. Cause this is, this is the highlight of my week for sure. Right here. 
Um, let's let's get Lindsay. Lindsay also gets on here and says, "Is there any prospect that would be fighting for a spot on the Preds this training camp?" What a great question! <laughs> I can think of one uh, right off the bat: Igor Afanasyev. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's the. And we see he's we see, the number one question, probably. Lindsay. Yeah. Thank you, Lindsay, for that question because that's a great question. That's yes, a perfect question. Um, yeah. So you see Igor Afanasyev down there on my fourth line. Um, I'll, let's go in order here chronologically, but we're going to get to Igor Afanasyev and my thinking on that. Yep. But um, I thank you so, Parson, to go back to looking at the top six and rounding out that part of the lineup. Mm-hmm. With my preferred starting lineup, first of all, there's a good chance that my preferred lineup doesn't happen in game one because I'm sure the coaching staff's going to be very pressed to somehow figure out a way to get Gustav Nyquist in the top six because he is a veteran. He, right. had, he has a lot of experience. He's been there, done that. And you might want to ease in to the season with a veteran up there just because your game one. And, and we really are right now. What we're doing is we're talking about the game. that We're not talking about what we think is going to be like the entire season. Obviously, we know that that's never the case. No. But I'm just talking about to open the season, to come out of the gate, guns blazing, what do we want to go with? Take some chances maybe with some younger players. And that's kind of what my lineup shows you. It's yeah. pretty it's pretty clear that I've yeah. I've got a big investment <laughs> in giving the young guys some chances with Tomasino yeah. in the top six, with Evangelista on the top line, with Parson in holding on. Y- your second line is basically a kid line. It is with Absolutely. with my with, with my. I mean, I will say that Cody Glass should he should probably begin to move away from being considered "quote unquote" a young player. He still is young, but he's he's starting to get into that mid tier of his career, yeah. where maybe you can move him out of that distinction. Mm-hmm. But still, that's a very young, inexperienced. That's a very inexperienced second line there to roll out in the in the first game of the season, especially yeah, if- in Tampa. Yeah, if it's these guys, I could see them switching Nyquist and Tomasino for sure, uh, just to get some experience on that second line. But the the youth uh, aspect of it is pleasing as well, though. I mean, that's that's what that's what got them through the end of last season. So they need to uh, definitely look at that. So I think that's definitely a training camp battle to watch. There is Tomasino mm-hmm. and Nyquist. Seeing, um, I mean, Nyquist is obviously the veteran who's been there, done that, so he doesn't have as much to prove. I don't think Tomasino necessarily has as much to prove, but we have to remember, this is a new coaching staff. This is a new head coach. Yeah. So we don't know what he, how he's going to look at things. We, we mm-hmm. have no idea. That's why the preseason is going to be way more entertaining than maybe we, a preseason we've seen in a long time for the Predators. Yeah, I agree. Not only not only a new coach and coaching staff, but a new general manager who has pretty big expectations of how he wants this team to perform, and a new ownership group that's going to be coming in that are going to be wanting them to perform as well. So I think it's uh, this is a good this is a good uh, a pivotal season for the Predators. So for yeah, sure. Um, and then let's move down to the third line there. Uh, so here's the thing. I Poor feel, <laughs> yeah, but that's his role. He knows yeah, it. it I don't think it's yeah, a bad he thing. It. He wears yeah. it like a badge of honor. I think. Um, 
because that's still an important role. But let's get to the third line real quick because there's some there's there's some weird things going on with the third line with me. I don't. Here's here's the thing. I'm kind of like battling with myself because we just talked about Nyquist, Tomasino. What do you? How do you swap those players? If Tomasino ends up on the third line, mm-hmm. as much as I pr- would like to see him in the top six because I want to inject the youth into this into this team. If Tomasino ends up on the third line and Nyquist ends up on the second line, I, I actually might like it just as much because think about it. Mm-hmm. Tomasino and Novak have chemistry with each other. Yep. They can feed off each other. If you suddenly have a third line, they can produce offense for you. And you have Yakov Trenin, who is definitely needs to be coming into this season with a chip on his shoulder because sure. he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in the offseason of 2024. And I've already – been pretty I wrote an article about it on Predlines recently. Trinit might not be on this team past at this time yeah. next year. I'm yeah, not sure he's on this team. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um he's had his moments, but he's also not had some moments. So yeah, I I could see that. He's on he's 1.7 <clears throat> million on the books right now per year, which is very cheap, but mm-hmm. You're going to expect him as an undra- un- unrestricted free agent to want at least a little bit of a raise. And are the Predators going to be willing to give that to him if he has another very, I don't want to say awful year, but just a very mid-year, mid- mid-level? Yeah. Can you, just- can you justify giving him a raise and and giving him like another two-year deal? I think that there's a good chance that the Predators let Trennan test the open market yeah, in the off season of 2024, or maybe even trade him at some point. It could happen. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah that's that's possible. Yeah, he, he, like I said, he had some moments. He's played well uh, from time to time, and then he's had not great stretches before too. But yeah, if he's going to be wanting to raise, and and maybe that'll motivate him to play harder next season because he will be an unrestricted free agent, and he'll want. If he's not going to stay with the Predators, he's going to want to go somewhere. So this will be his year to shine. Um, yeah. To try to get a raise with Nashville or move on to someone else who will pay him some more money. So for sure. But I will say I do like the prob the probability of a Tomasino Novak Trennan third line. That that line could could produce some offense for you. It could give you some goals. It could it could be a part of the remedy of pulling this Predators team from being one of the worst offensive teams to at the very least being a top half of the league in scoring. You know, show some improvements. If you can get some third line scoring, uh, that that looks good. I, I feel good about it. And then let's get to um, that fourth line. We've already had some good comments here talking about Igor Afanasyev. So let's get to Igor Afanasyev. Let's get to it and talk about why I have him in there. Um, Igor, first of all, hey, Nikki, it's good to have you in here. Very glad to have you. Mike Twitter says, I love Trennan. I think a lot of us love Trennan. We love his passion. We love his energy. We definitely don't want to lose him, but it's a business. It's a numbers game. And yeah. just like I feel about Dante Fabro on the defensive side of things, it's a numbers game for Trenton as well. And I don't know how much room's left for him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this fourth line here. So Igor Afanasyev, this is a little bit of a hot take here for me. I think 
out of any player on this roster, Igor Afanasyev has the most to gain by how he performs in preseason. 100%. Training camp and preseason are going to be huge for him. Um, he got very close to making the team last season. Everybody watched the the little mini documentary and, and saw the look of heartbreak on his face when he told, was told he's going to go back to Milwaukee. So I think he's going to use that as fuel to, to do even better, and, and hopefully um, hopefully it'll happen for him. Yeah. It's going to be tough for him to get in there because if you look yeah. at my current fourth line, you're probably already going through your head thinking, okay, well, who's left out now? Well, that means, oh, man, the most the, – the, the, the most the most popular Preds player that's never scored more than a couple goals in his career in the history of the Predators, Cole Smith. Cole Smith is not in my starting lineup. Shocker of all shockers, right? Yeah. Cole Smith, the guy is the energizer bunny. The dude is a workhorse. You respect the hustle. You respect the grind. But that dude could shoot five hundred shots and he might not score a goal. Yeah. He just got a raw a raw deal because of the timing when he got brought on to the Predators. It gave and made I, everybody salty. Yeah. <clears> and I really hate to more. say I really hate to say it, but I don't know how Cole Smith is gonna survive in a system that's no longer a John Hines system. That's true. You're right. A, a, a Cole Smith can survive in a John Hines system because a John Hines system is predicated on that. Guys like that. Yep. I, I mean, it, it remains to be seen, but I don't know if an Andrew Burnett's system is going to predicate itself so much on the Cole Smiths of the world. It's going to predicate itself more on the Igor Afanasyevs of the world. And dare I throw in Denis Garyanov also on my fourth line. You don't go out and sign him in free agency to not give him a chance yeah, unless sure. he's just completely awful. Yeah. Then maybe he's a scratch, but I, I think unless he's awful in preseason and just completely awful, then you're, you're rolling out Dennis Garyanov in the season opener and you want to see what he can do. You're hoping that you can untap that potential that he yeah. has that we know he has, but mm -hmm. just ask Dallas stars fans is all you got to do is have a friendly conversation with the Dallas stars fan. And they will tell you Dennis Garyanov. Such a disappointment, such a letdown, but the dude's got all the talent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, somebody else <coughs> who moved up and down last year, Michael McCarron. I'm not sure if he's going to do well in this new. He's, he's starting in Milwaukee. He will, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But, I, I mean, he did spend a lot of time in Nashville. Um, and he's not bad. He's not a bad player. He's not a bad player to have at your disposal exactly. if you're going through injuries and you need to start somebody. Let's say you have a, a a couple injuries hit you out of nowhere and you need guys to have maintenance days. Yeah. Then you can trust Michael McCarron to you get can. you some starts. You can. But you I don't can. feel I'm not I'm still not I'm not crazy about Michael McCarron being an everyday starter. I'm just yeah. not. Yeah. No, definitely not. But I just don't know how well he'll do. Like I'm I definitely said, like, not comfortable. I'm yeah. definitely not comfortable with with McCarron taking away starts from Igor Afanasyev. No, no. But I there is that. one player that's probably a little unpopular on my list that I think 
they would rather swap out Garyanov and put in Kiefer Sherwood. And I want to get your thoughts on that. Because that was hard for me. Because I, I like me some Kiefer Sherwood. I do too. That, that was hard for me. I had to really think about it. And it I is. think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a touch and go thing. You might you might start Gary on off the first couple games, see how it's working, and then you might say, let's get Sherwood in here because we know what we got in Sherwood because he did it last year. So that's a big that's a risk on my part. Put yeah. I really wanted to put Sherwood in there, but at the last second I said, No, nah, I'm gonna put Gary Onov in there, at least for the first game. Sherwood was another one of those players last season that was super exciting to watch. Like he would go out and give his all, and that's exactly what you want to see. And whenever he would score or whatever, he was so excited, like more than normal. And it was just uh, – yeah, that's tough. That is tough because he's a, he's a good player. And like you said, mm-hmm. you, they know what they have in him. Huh, that's interesting. So it sounds to me like you might lean more towards Sherwood over Gary because I do I think that's one of the biggest training camp battles we're going to have is yeah I know they're not going to I know they're not going to promote it that way but I'm just thinking I'm reading between the tea leaves here Sherwood and Gary Onoff seem like two roster bubble starting players right who one player is going to be a healthy scratch the other one's going to be a starter in Tampa yeah I think you're right in saying that they'll start with Gary Onoff for sure because he's experienced um but I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's it's the the age old problem of who, who you got so many players where you're going to slot them all in. So, and then it's not as complicated, but I do want to get your thoughts on this. Let's move to the defensive side of things. I will quickly list off my defensive pairings real quick because we can get through that a lot quicker than the forward lines. Um, big question. And I and I don't I don't know your thoughts on this. I don't know what you're going to say here. We know Roman Yossi is going to be starting on the left side, top pairing. But who do you pair with Riosi to open the season in Tampa? I want to go with Alexander Carrier. I want I to give say. I want to give him that opportunity, and it's kind of it's kind of going along the same theme that my forward lines already went with. I'm giving the younger players on this roster a chance to flourish right yeah. out of the gate. Right. Out, and I know Carrier's not a young buck anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he's starting to get into play. the, he's starting to get up to his upper twenties, but he's still young in terms of NHL experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I would pick. That's who I would, I would go with as well. Uh, Carrier. He he's like a Roman Yossi ish sort of player, but I think they would be they would pair well together. They've played together a lot, so I think they got a little bit of chemistry. Um, so I think that would be good. And you want a be, little, you want that, you want a yeah, little chemistry sure. in that first game. You want a little uh, past chemistry. You don't want to come into that first game just completely all new yeah. players playing with new line mates and just. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you work out the kinks in the preseason, but you can only do so much in the preseason. Right. You're not going to really know until you get there and you get mm-hmm. in that regular season game and you get on the road in Tampa, a very tough place to play. Oh yeah. You're not going to know till then. So you do, you want some, some chemistry that's already been built in past seasons. So I would think that that's the safest bet is to start Carrier on the top pairing. 
uh, daily face-off. They last, you know, they do the line combinations. Um, they last updated their website on August 24th. I looked it up today. They've got Luke Shen on the top pairing with Roman Yossi. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. That's not something I'm crazy about. I'm not saying it would happen. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's weird. I was going to be like, have him be like third, third pairing. Well, that's where I'm at with it. So like, you know, Fabro or it'd probably be Fabro. I would say. I think it's going to be Jeremy Lazan. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. Because you got obviously Ryan McDonough. Man. Oh, your second your second parent has to be Tyson Berry and Ryan McDonough. Yes, absolutely. And that's a really, really solid second pairing. That is a very there's like no questions about that one. Like that's a that that that's yeah. that, that's a one of the I'm not <coughs> saying it's the best second pairing, but I would put it in the top half of the league. One of the yeah. best second oh, yeah. pairings you could throw out there. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Let's get uh oh our friend Zach's in. We haven't seen him in a while. No, it has been a while. Let's pairing see. Who are we saying pair him with? Who are you, who is the him? Yossi, I think. He'll lay it He'll down. Lay it down. Oh, Yossi. okay. Yeah. So like so Yossi Zach likes Porsche. Luke Shin. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good. That that's a good way to look at it, Zach. I like that. Yossi took too many hits last season. He'll yeah. lay it down on whoever hits Yossi. Yes. Interesting. That's good. Some other good comments coming in here. A lot of comments. Y'all are pouring them in. You, know, we right? love you. Shoshkatooth Tiger is in. Good evening, all. Good evening. Happy to have you. Ha- so happy to have you. Nikki jumps in on the Gary Yanov talk. She's a Dallas yep. Stars fan. She she knows. She knows, she knows her Dallas Stars very well. Garyanov has a hell of a shot. He can shoot it up high and nails goals in the clutch. That being said, he goes cold sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's just kind of, that's kind of like what I hear about Garyanov is he's yeah, just yeah. he hasn't grasped being a full-time hockey player. He has the talent, but he just can't put it all together. Maybe some new scenery here in Nashville. Maybe he comes into the season a little pissed off, a little uh that's we want true. this whole team to come in this way. Absolutely, you do. We want Philip Forsberg to come into the season this way. We want Roman Yossi to come into the season thinking this way. We want this whole team to have that mentality. A that's when the Predators. That's when the Predators used to be their best. Was when they played that underdog <clears throat> role, and I feel like ever since they won that President's Trophy, they walked around like their stuff didn't stink. And then guess yep. what happened? They lost in the first round of the Dallas Stars in 2019. Yep. Let's get back to the good old days where this team walks around feeling disrespected, feeling like, you know what? I don't care. I don't want anyone talking about us. You know, it's funny, Rich. So I was on the <laughs> hockey the hockey podcast network on their YouTube channel, did a Central Division preview, and they brought all the hosts in from all the different podcasts on the network. And so all the other Central Division hosts picked the Predators unequivocally to finish third in the division. Really? And it wow. scared me. We're rough, on, know, we're rough on our team, I aren't we? <laughs> I didn't like it. They were all so much higher on the Preds than anyone in this fan base wow. is. And that's just that's hosts from the outside looking in who cover other teams. 
they all were in solidarity that the Predators are their third place team in the division behind, obviously, Colorado and Dallas. And they were really, really down on Minnesota. A couple of them even picked Minnesota to finish like seventh or eighth. Oh, wow. But that's a story for another day. But yeah, yeah it was just crazy. interesting to see. It was interesting <clears throat> to see other people's perspective from the outside looking in and looking at your team. Yeah, it is. We're and, rough on them. And, and We're a little rough we on them. We are rough on them. But, you know, um, yeah, it is what it is. We're getting a lot of love for Yakov Trenin tonight, and he deserves all the love. Shashka Tooth Tiger says, I'm with you, Michael. Trenin is one of my favorite players we've got. Yeah. It'd be hard to see him go. No doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to prepare people for it. Yeah. All right. So we feel really good about the second defensive pairing, right? Tyson Berry and Ryan McDonough, of course, the whole scenario. The whole scenario around uh, Tyson Berry is just looking ahead into the future, of course. If he improves – if he – if if Tyson Berry has a really good first half of the season and he he helps this Preds power play be really productive and he kind of leads in a way behind Yossi's line and kind of leads the way and plays really well with Ryan McDonough, he's going to really improve his trade value. And do you really think the Predators are going to risk losing him in the offseason? No, they're probably going to unload <coughs> him and get a decent return. Yeah. Um, uh, He's got to be your top trade candidate for next mm-hmm. season, next uh, trade deadline. Looking way ahead, yeah. so all you're hoping for from Barry is that he plays with that mentality. Yeah, on he a Barry on a Barry Trotz Predators team. Yeah, I could definitely yes. see him getting traded. <laughs> yes, so <coughs> Tyson Barry's going to be thinking not. about that as well. He's not going to just be thinking about the team. He's going to be thinking about his own personal future. Mm-hmm. And if you're Tyson Barry, he's going to be extra motivated. Yeah to play very well and if he plays well that's obviously great for the team as a whole so gonna be interesting to see how that goes third pairing i battled about dante fabro but and i and i've been very clear that i do not understand why they went out and got luke shen and tied up money in him i know it's not a lot of money but I don't get it i it's not gonna make sense to me until I see the results on the ice but I the do only, not understand why this team went out and got Luke Shen. The only thing I can think of is is the experience. To yeah, for but, I, I know I know I, it's 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 weird, but you know they got Ryan O'Reilly. He's got that Stanley Cup experience. They got McDonough, and then you know Luke Shen now. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Liz uh, Liz says, uh, I'm with nope, you, Liz. not even thinking about trading Barry. I like him too much. Me too. That's what sucks. He is about very likable. <laughs> and that's what, and that's what us as Predators fans, we're going to have to get used to that because it didn't happen much in the past, but now it's probably going to be happening a lot more. Uh, losing some guys that we like a lot because um, Barry Trotz apparently doesn't play around. No, he doesn't. So... But with Shin in the mix, let's get back to that. Shin's in the mix. You know, you're seeing some people say, "Let's like Zach says it in our chat here." He says, "Put him, put him on the top line with Yossi, which could happen." <clears throat> but I've got Luke Shin on the third pairing, and because he can really, really, I like him as a third pairing defenseman. He makes a little mm-hmm. too much to be a third pairing defenseman, which is also why I don't understand why they got him in the first place. But yep. just me 
looking at it the way I want to see it. He's on the team now. You went out and got him. If he's on your third pairing, he's probably your best third pairing defenseman you've had in a long time. Going back to Lucas Spiza. Oh, got the reference. Oh, Lucas Spiza. Lucas Spiza. But, um, yeah. Well, so Luke Shen did have more points than Dante Fabro last season. Just saying. Also, no pun intended, but we went from a Luke to a Luca. Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't even mean to do that. Didn't even no. mean to do that. Luca Spiza. All Luca. of you, all of our loyal Catfish and Ice listeners know that we will always figure out a way to mention Luca Spiza in every podcast, even yeah. when it doesn't make sense. And it almost 99% of the time never, never. makes sense to bring up Luca Spiza. That's right. We can call but it Luca Shin. We're still going to find a way. Luca Shin. Luca Shin just for... Luca Shin. That's actually that sounds Who like a. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is that? Oh man! Oh, I miss you so much, Kyle. Fabro on the eighty-third pair. That is. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Kyle Kyle's not a fan of. Uh, Kyle's not a fan of uh, Dante Fabro, as we know. No, that's very well documented. We miss our buddy. We're gonna oh, get Kyle God. on. Come hell, come hell or high water, Kyle Perkins will be you on the podcast. I will, I will miss a week of work if I have to. Yeah, Kyle Perkins will be on this podcast yeah, for sure. Kyle Perkins will be on this podcast when we get into the season. We got to get him on here. We miss our buddy so much. He yeah. jumps on here and says, "Miss you, fellas, and yeah. dude, we love you so much, man. Hope you're doing good." But yeah, Fabro on the 83rd pairing. That is Kyle Perkins's hot take of the night. Yeah, that's yeah. Absolutely. Something tells me if you're on the 83rd pairing, you're probably not going to make it into a game, but Mm -mm. I don't know. What do I know? That's all right. That's all good. All good. (laughs) Shashkadu Tiger says, thought the main reason we got Shin was to be Yossi's bodyguard. Maybe I'm wrong in all that. Maybe you're right. Daily Faceoff has Shin on the top pairing with Yossi, so we'll see. I just don't like it. I would rather Carrier be up there, but we'll see. Yeah, because then where do you put Carrier? I mean, you've got a lot of right-handed defensemen right now, so someone's going to have to switch sides, and if that's the case, yeah, it's 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 rearranging the deck chairs basically. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm just like just like our buddy Kyle. I'm not high on Fabro either. I like I think he's good as a third yeah. pairing defenseman. He can play defense. He can do some good things. He's never lived up to anything in terms of offensive ability. He makes a lot of very glaring mistakes in really bad moments in games. And I'm sorry, but we've been pretty patient with Dante Fabro. Very, very patient. Yeah, for sure. If you think about it, if you move Alexander Carrier down to the second line, then you don't have Tyson Berry and Ryan McDonough. You're not going to put Tyson Berry on the third pairing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're not going to put Ryan McDonough on the third pairing. So your your second pairing is pretty set, you would think. So it's really a matter of who plays on – I mean, it's a matter of Carrier and Shin. Do you put Shin on the top pairing and put Carrier on the third pairing? That's – your third – you don't want your – Carrier doesn't fit a third pairing defenseman role. No. He's too good. Not that, that you know, and, and that doesn't even feel like that doesn't feel like a good match at all. Carrier with Lazan is a weird match. Carrier with Fabro actually like more, but still is weird to me. Yeah, 
And then I also wouldn't completely forget about some of the prospects we have down there who got playing oh, yeah. time as defensemen. And my big one is Spencer Statsny. I think Spencer, Spencer Statsny. Statsny will eventually work his way back into mm-hmm. getting some starts. I don't think he's going to start right out of the season, no. but just to open. But Spencer Statsny, remember that name. He's not going anywhere. I'd be comfortable with getting him back up in the lineup as well eventually if there's yeah. room for him. And everybody's really high on Luke Prokop too. He's – He's really, really good player as well. So he'll be wanting to make his presence known in training camp. That's you can't have your best player taking hits like Yossi did last season. That's true. That's that's a very good uh, point. Very, very good point. Because we can't have him getting knocked out for three months again. All right, and we know the goalies are set. It's it's Soros and Lankinen's crease once again with Irislav Askarovs going to get hopefully get a full year of AHL duty. I think it, we're all in agreement here that um, Askarov needs another full year in the AHL to really develop. Yep, or he's going to get traded. <laughs> And just like we said last year, Lankanen could end up being a trade bait person. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on where the Predators are at when the trade deadline approaches, and that's something we can't predict until we get closer to it, Yeah, for obviously. Sure. But um, a Skarov could be trade bait. Soros is still not out of the realm of possibility. You have three goaltenders who are all good quality goaltenders that teams would like to have. You're yeah. not going to keep all three. No. So – Something nope. has to give there eventually. I think if anything, they would – well, I don't know. I started to say <clears throat> I think if anything, they would trade Lankin in and bring up a scar off, but they might be able to get a haul for a scar off. So, who know, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We, we don't just know. don't know. We do not. All right. We are going to wrap up episode 196. We got this live portion in. Very yep. thankful for that. Have some awesome people in the chat tonight. It's really, yes, really been so much. Just so refreshing to see all these familiar faces, and you've got all these people joining in, talking hockey with each other. This is what this podcast is all about. If you're listening on Spotify, on Apple, if you're watching on YouTube, and you haven't gotten in our live episodes yet, don't be shy. Get in on the Catfish and Ice community. We have so much fun, and yep. it gets even more fun when the season starts because oh, we yeah. have live watch. We have live watch alongs. We watch the game together. We react to the game together while it's happening. That's a blast. We also have our hearts broken together during these watch alongs. Yes, we do. Maybe one of the biggest heartbreaking moments in Catfish on Ice history was when we w- were watching the uh, Colorado Avalanche series live and watched the Predators get eliminated and get swept. Yep. That was the last episode before I moved to Florida. So <clears throat> that one's yep. always going to be infamy for me. Or, uh, or the one where <clears throat> when UC Soros got hurt, I just remember ooh. Kyle Perkins' face. He was just like, <gasps> like, no, no, no. It was just Zach, Zach says we need catfish on ice hoodies and hats. We do. So, update on that. I've actually made a, made a connection down here in Florida with a guy who is a really become a good friend of mine who makes merchandise. Going to get linked up with him in a couple weeks and get uh, quotes on 
prices and things I can do because we need some new merchandise. Zach hit it right on the head there. Catfish and ice hoodies. I know Rich would be all about that. Oh, yeah, I love a, a good hoodie. I don't really need hoodies down here in Florida, no, but don't. I love hoodies. I love wearing hoodies, though, so I'll wear one. Um, yeah. Hoodies, we're going to get some new hats made. This guy makes some really good hats. I've seen his products. So stay tuned for that. Try to do some giveaways. We'll try to do some contests. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll throw out some good merch. Want to get some stickers made as, as well. I know people like to do the stickers these days. Um, so we're going to, we got some stuff in the works, just like the season's about to get started. Catfish and I season's about to get and get, get back into full force as well. Getting closer. So we got, we got a couple more weeks to get through before the season really gets ramped up on this show, but we appreciate you sticking with us throughout the off season, through the dog days, through the slow months where there's not a lot of talked about. And so guess what? You just have to listen to me and rich ramble all the time. Yep. That's but we love we you for it. <laughs> yeah. We love you for it. Oh, absolutely. And we will see everybody soon. Again, if we have any listeners in the Florida area in the path of this hurricane, we send you all of our best wishes and prayers that you stay safe. We have listeners all across the country. Uh, so yeah. I know we have some listeners down here in Florida as well, because I've seen those listeners before. And and we just hope you're doing well. And we, yeah. we're, you're, we're thinking Thanks, about you. And until then, everybody, we will keep you updated on when a new episode comes out. If we don't do a live episode in the next week or two, we'll definitely get something on the YouTube channel. So that's another reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Because when we don't do live episodes, we definitely put it on the YouTube channel. So until then, everyone stay safe and take care. Be kind to one one another. And we will see you soon. Thanks for joining us. This has been Catfish on Ice, episode 196. Uh, with DraftKings and Raycon as our sponsors. Take care. Have a good one.